Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Connie. Today is Friday, September 29th, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. On to today's forecast. Riverside is expected to enjoy a pleasant high of 82 degrees with a low of 62.8 degrees. Coming up, we have some serious topics to delve into. The looming government shutdown that may jeopardize DHS operations and national security. Additionally, Kaiser Permanente workers have given a yes to strike authorization due to persistent understaffing issues. Finally, as the UK navigates post-pandemic recovery, we'll delve into how policymakers are treading lightly. All this and more. So stay tuned to Alex's News for a snapshot of today's top stories. Our top story this morning involves potential unrest in the day-to-day operations of the Department of Homeland Security, or DHS, in light of an impending government shutdown. Joining me now is our senior political correspondent, Elias. Elias, walk us through what's going on. Well, Connie, this is all about the possibility of a government shutdown due to ongoing political disagreements over federal spending, If Congress doesn't pass the necessary funding legislation by October 1st, millions of federal workers could be affected, and DHS's mission would be compromised. The DHS has been open about the potential difficulties in a fact sheet they released outlining the implications. Can you expand a bit more on who exactly will be affected within DHS? Of course, Connie. If a shutdown occurs, a significant number of DHS employees would be furloughed or temporarily laid off, including staff from Customs and Border Protection, CBP, Transportation Security Administration, TSA, and the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA. These furloughed employees wouldn't receive their paychecks until funding is restored. And how might this government shutdown impact the day-to-day operations of these agencies? It's worth noting that these agencies have essential duties. CBP secures our nation's borders and ports of entry. TSA is responsible for security screenings at airports, and FEMA responds to natural disasters and emergencies. When staffing gets reduced, it slows down the processing of travelers' cargo, leads to longer wait times at airports, and could delay funding for disaster response and recovery programs. And surely these effects might ripple out beyond just these furloughed employees? Absolutely, Connie. The consequences extend to the families and local communities of these federal workers. Many would face financial hardship without pay, potentially struggling to cover rent, mortgage payments, or medical bills, Local businesses that depend on federal employee patronage could see a decline in traffic, potentially leading to losses and layoffs. As you've highlighted, Elias, the implications here are far-reaching. Now, do the dangers extend beyond these economic concerns? Yes, there are greater security concerns as well. 
reduced staffing and limited resources could compromise the DHS's ability to detect and prevent threats like drug smuggling and human trafficking. The overall effort to maintain national security could realistically be undermined by a shutdown. Is there a plan in place to lessen the impact of a possible shutdown? The DHS has prepared contingency plans to ensure the continuation of essential functions and critical operations. These plans mainly cater to activities that directly tie into national safety, and non-essential functions may be scaled back or temporarily halted. Noticeably alarming information here, Elias. Just so we're clear, though, who ultimately holds the responsibility of preventing this shutdown? Connie, that responsibility lies with Congress. They need to agree on a funding plan that the president signs into law. The longer this shutdown lasts, and the more significant the disruptions, the more pressure mounts for Congress to find a resolution. That certainly underscores the gravity of the situation. Thank you for the detailed analysis, Elias. We'll continue to follow this story closely. We have two more big stories still ahead, so do stay with us. We're moving on to our second story for the day. It seems healthcare workers at Kaiser Permanente across many states, including Washington, are upset about staffing levels that they claim could lead to long wait times, misdiagnoses, and neglect of patients. Our reporter Grace has been following this closely. Grace, could you give us an overview of what's happening? Absolutely, Connie. You're correct. Workers are growing deeply concerned over what they view as unsafe staffing levels at one of the largest healthcare providers in the country, Kaiser Permanente. They are urging the company's executives to negotiate a contract that ensures sufficient staffing. Interestingly, this outcry is set against the backdrop of the company's reported $3 billion profit in the first half of this year. Workers argue corporate leaders are raking in generous pay, all while understaffing remains a critical issue, according to The Stand, a news outlet in Washington state. So despite their hefty profit margins, why isn't Kaiser Permanente addressing this crisis more thoroughly? That's a significant question, Connie. While Kaiser Permanente Washington did issue a statement asserting their commitment to good-faith bargaining and aiming to reach a fair agreement before the contract expires on October 31st, there's an implied urgency underscored in the workers' strike authorization vote. A strike authorization vote indeed sounds serious. What might that mean for Kaiser Permanente and other healthcare providers nationwide? Yes, it is a serious step. While not an automatic trigger for a strike, it does highlight the seriousness of the situation. If it does proceed, with approximately 75,000 workers across Kaiser hospitals, clinics, and medical offices participating, it may end up being the largest healthcare strike in U.S. history, according to NPR. To what extent could the potential strike affect the healthcare system? The ripple effects could be huge. Data from the unions indicates that around 11% of these union positions were vacant as of April 2023, meaning this strike could put a massive strain on an already strained system. So there is pressure for Kaiser Permanente to take action. How is the company reacting? 
Kaiser Permanente points out that they are working to mitigate the situation with a goal of hiring an additional 10,000 workers this year specifically for union positions. But unions argue that to address the high staff turnover rate, Kaiser Permanente needs to offer increased wages to retain staff. Currently, bargaining committees are meeting in an attempt to avoid the impending strike. Thanks for that in-depth report, Grace. It will be interesting to see how this situation plays out and whether Kaiser can address these issues before the impact becomes monumental. Indeed, it will. Connie, this situation is a reflection of broader debates ongoing in the healthcare industry. This will definitely be a story to keep our eyes on. We certainly will. Thank you for joining us today, Grace. Welcome back to our third story of the day, which is coming from the UK. There's quite a bit happening across the pond to discuss, so we have our special correspondent Elias here with us to share the details. New reports indicate that the UK's economic growth is stronger than previously estimated, though still a bit sluggish. Would you mind explaining what's going on, Elias? Absolutely, Connie. The recent update from the Office for National Statistics shows that the UK's economic growth since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic has been more robust than initially reported. Now we're seeing policymakers taking a cautious hand to support this post-pandemic recovery still. However, it is important to note that despite this revision, the growth still pales compared to historical standards. That's interesting, Elias. Could we dive into some specifics? I understand the mortgage market has seen some shifts. Indeed, Connie. The UK mortgage market has been somewhat of a roller coaster recently. Approvals are down, hitting a six-month low, Yet, interestingly enough, there's evidence of consumers borrowing more, suggesting continued appetite for housing. One might see this as an interesting paradox. That does sound contrary. And how about the stock market? Has the revised GDP data had any impact there? Yes, it has, Connie. The FTSE 100, the UK's leading stock index, is actually expected to end the September quarter on a high note, following the release of the positive GDP data. This indicates an uptick in investor confidence in the UK economy, even with all these uncertainties still looming. Speaking of uncertainties, how has the job market been affected? Well, Connie, indications show that the job market in the UK is stabilizing after a state of high demand for workers, Recruiters suggest it's cooling down from previously overheated levels. Now, what this could mean for wage growth and overall economic activities is something to keep an eye on. Brexit has been a major topic when we talk about the UK. How is that aspect playing into all this? Good point, Connie. Brexit continues to influence aspects of UK policy. The government plans to ease finance sector rules to enhance investment post-Brexit, aiming to attract investment and ensure the competitiveness of the UK's financial sector. Part of this broader economic picture must be the impact on households. Are there any concerns in this area? Absolutely, Connie. There are concerns about rising living costs. A think tank estimates that UK households are going to get a tax hit of about £3,500, 
a concern for many families in the face of increasing costs for energy, food, and other essentials. That's significant. Before we wrap up, are there other stories from the UK of note at the moment? Yes, Connie. Changes in the technology sector are also making headlines. They include an investigation by the UK's Competition and Markets Authority into Qualcomm's acquisition of Israel's Autotox. Outside of economics, the passing of beloved British actor Michael Gambon at 82 is profoundly felt. United Health Group was also cleared by the competition regulator to acquire healthcare tech firm EMIS. A wide range, indeed. Thanks for bringing us these comprehensive updates, Elias. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, the Eleven Labs Text-to-Speech API, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.